Hey all, welcome back to the Shooters Roll podcast made by fans for the fans. And I'm G Swizzle, and welcome back on the panel for tonight's episode. We've got T. How's it going, T? Good man. Just another day in isolation. This is what I look forward to. It gives me the energy to get the week done. Very good. You're going a bit so crazy. What's the hat? Yeah, a little bit, man. Look, I'm wearing the hat because I haven't got a haircut yet, <laughs> so it's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Like me, mate. Like me. I'm a bit scared to go out, to be honest. And and joining us tonight, too, uh, we've got a special guest. It's my cousin, actually, pal. How's it going, pal? What up? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, good to make a guest spot on the uh, much famous Shooters Roll podcast. So, yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. Will do. I'm sure you've got a lot to share with us tonight. Um, what we're going to talk about tonight is now with the season being suspended, um, hopefully not indefinitely, uh, we've played about three quarters of the way through, you know, we're about three quarters of the way through the season. And what we'll discuss tonight is our our predictions, uh, well, our thoughts on the the All-NBA first team. If it was to be decided today, who would you have on your team and the reasons for it? And, I mean, we're going to kick start off with our guest here, pal. Who's on your team? All right, this first pick I think might rustle or ruffle, I should rather say, a few feathers. Um, I'm going to go with CP3, Chris Paul. I think the last couple of years he's been an afterthought before joining the uh, the Thunder. I think he was in the shadow a lot of James Harden. Uh, He had a lot of ball usage, uh, James Harden that is. And I think we actually forgot how how dominant the, the point guard could be. I mean, looking at his stats, and I guess from the analytics alone, his numbers yeah. don't jump up at all. I mean, they're not superstar franchise player numbers by any means. But I guess if you look, I guess, into the numbers and the, uh, the stats a little bit more deeply, I think we see something that a lot of other NBA fans are seeing as well. So I know something that is very true to our hearts, Dex, um, fantasy. Ranked number thirteen. Yep. If you if you told me that Chris Paul at the beginning of the season would be ranked number thirteen in fantasy for the whole year, I would tell you you have been smoking something and you've got to give me some of that. I think <laughs> the way we've looked at Chris Paul is we thought once he joined OKC he would kick his kick and scream his way out, maybe do a Jimmy Butler, but he's not been nothing but a consummate professional. I mean, look at the development of SGA. He's night and day, a completely different player than he was last year, obviously, being in the Clippers. And if you look at, I guess, the most important stat, wins, okay, you see, yeah. they're ranked number fifth in the Wild Wild West. No one would have expected that once they completely closed shop, had a fire sale, got rid of Westbrook, got rid of Paul George. No one would have seen that coming. But I think CP3, he had a point to prove this year. And I think he's made that point very clear that He's not an afterthought anymore. I think he's solidifying himself, or at least in the process of, of just reminding us how dominant he could be. I mean, he only averages 31, point, uh, 31 minutes a game. And yeah. OKC are ranked five, and I just uh, – I don't think anyone or any of us actually saw that coming. No. Well, what I didn't see coming was, you know, OKC, uh, their record 40 and 24, fifth in the West, yeah. like you said. And – CP3's played 63 games out of 64. 
given his yeah. injury history, I I'm surprised by that when I when I um, looked at that up today is um, his his durability this season. I, I look, I'm surprised, and he's playing a lot of minutes, like you said. Yeah, and I think we've kind of forgotten just how good he is. I mean, his game has never been predicated on athleticism. I guess huge spurs of speed. He's always had that guy or that old man's game. And yeah, I think when you get older, he just has that skill refined even more. He he's had that, I guess, um, had those abilities his whole career. And I think we're just starting to see it just a little bit more now that he doesn't have the superstar players around him. I mean, his second best player, I guess, would be SGA. And we have Gallinari, a man who's often injured. So full credit to Chris Paul. The work yeah. is done off, off, the, off the floor as well. He's been a great presence. So I think uh, he rightly deserves that. Well, the assist to turnover ratio, um, he's, he's an efficient as ever, you know, 6.8 assists a game, mm-hmm. 2.2 turnovers only, which when you rank amongst the, the big, you know, point guards, you know, Harden and Doncic both have turnover ratios um, and turnovers per game over four. Uh, it's just yep. surprising that you know he's he's keeping on keeping on to look after the rock, which is important. Yeah. But I and look, I I, I'm I'm going to have to cavil with this. Uh, I as as you know, possibly he'd make an All NBA third team, but I just I'm not buying All NBA first team. Oh, I, I, I it's just all about the wins. All about the wins. Fifth place. You see, once he uh, comes into the playoffs, you'll see a motivated Chris Paul. I think. Uh, He's got a lot to prove. He's, he's still got a lot left in the tank. Who would you kick out, though? I mean, we're talking about two backcourt spots. Uh, you know, who you, think, you got else in, in your backcourt? Yeah. Uh, well, I think this one's uh, pretty understandable. I think there won't be too many debates on the other end. Uh, the kid wonder, Luka Doncic, I mean, he has just been balling out this year. I mean, just from the metrics alone, in his rookie year, he was averaging 21.2 points per game. 7.8 rebounds, 6 assists per game. And yep. if you look at the numbers, just from the optics this year, he has leaps and bounds just taken another year, or taken another jump this year. Definitely no case of second-year syndrome. He's put that to bed. He's averaging 28.7 yep. points a game, 9.3 rebounds, and 8.7 assists per game, which is, I think, the second highest in the NBA. So he is definitely developing into the player. I think everyone thought he would become, and... He's only in his second year, so he's also leading the, the Mavs to a seventh-place seed in the West. Um, I think that's also something we can't overlook just because the West is such a deep, deep conference. Um, if you're not playing good there, you're not going to make the uh, playoffs. So that's my pick for the second Well, yeah, you are right there. I mean, the Mavs, without Luca, have struggled. Uh, he's missed 13 games this season, uh, and the Mavs are a totally different team without him. Yeah, I think team. the makeup of the offense is just completely different. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on on the on the backcourt? Uh, yeah. So some of the predictions. Yeah. So, so I want to mention CP3. Uh, CP3 became vegan recently, so maybe that has a massive thing to do with it. Or he's an investor with Bio, Bio, uh, Beyond uh, Meat too. So could be could be uh, a change there because of his diet. So I'll give that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of he, he wouldn't make my first thing because, yeah, like, how, how can you kick out um, game time? Yeah, game time. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's been ripping up the league. So I guess my my starting five would be about um, who 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 put the numbers up. Uh, yes, yeah. that's the, the the main thing, and then and then I guess wins will come come in later. But uh, Dontic, um, I, I agree with that that pick. Um, I'll definitely have him in my starting starting uh, back foot for sure. Definitely, because I mean these these teams they're predicated on the regular NBA season, um, and but if we go beyond that, predictions wise. Um, say the the makeup of the Western Conference remains, and the teams who are in the playoffs currently do make the playoffs. Should or if the season does continue, how far do you see the Mavs going? And this is a question to both of you: Is how far do you think the Mavs can go in in the West? Well, I think if unless they make a big a big move, the Mavs. The second seed would be the Clippers, which would put them against, obviously, the Mavs. I don't know how far. I don't know if they get out of the first round against the seven-game series against the Clips. I mean, Patrick Beverly yeah. against Luka Doncic, not to mention Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. That's a, that's a scary primitive defense. And without, I guess, a second genuine superstar or even a, uh, an all-star player, that is, on the Mavs, I don't know how far Luka can take him. I know he's playing great this year, but... One thing you learn in the playoffs is teams will study tape like there's no tomorrow. They will know the ins and outs, and I don't know how you get past that if I'm Luca. And how dependent do you think the Porzingis um, will be as a second option? I mean, he's definitely the second option there. There's, that's not that's not a question there. That's not a question. He's not the first option. Um, you know. Say they do go up against the Clippers. I'm, I'm, I'm finding that that's a tough series. I mean, it could even be a sweep, in my view, in that series. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, that's what I think. I think from Dallas' point of view, if if they get one to two wins in the first round, that's that's a pretty good season. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like their their goals and I guess the achievements this season. I think they've. Um, they're punching above their weight. Like for for them to have Luca come from a rookie of the year to pretty much like uh, MVP uh, conversation now, um, it's it's a surprise in itself. And and for them to make the playoffs is is a surprise because no no professionals, I mean, no experts had them in the in the starting or, or the top eight of the West. So they they've um, exceeded expectations for sure. Yeah, and in, in, in terms of the course forward, say. They do get the two playoff wins, and it's a it's a season to build upon and, and a successful season. What are they missing? What's Dallas missing? I think power Your touched routine. on it. Yeah, I think power touched on it. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we they need another reliant scorer. They need a second or yeah. They, yeah, they need a second all star, and then hopefully Pazingas becomes a fringe all star or an all star the year after. Um, I think it could happen, uh, especially his, his first year removed from his ACL injury. And and playing yeah. in playing in a proper uh, proper team, not New York Knicks. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jabs. Jabs, no blows there. I definitely think it's interesting you bring up Paul Zingas. Um He definitely has the potential to be that second scorer slash superstar. But as T mentioned, it's his first year post the the ACL surgery, so I think it's a little bit unfair. I guess if he has that pressure to, I guess 
perform to that level of, that we expect of him, I guess, against the Clippers yeah. team. So I think if if he's healthy, I think there may be one piece, maybe a, a three and D player, uh, maybe a reliable scorer. And I'm not too sure even how their bench is going at the moment. Maybe well, every team. I don't know if I don't know if Tim Hardaway Jr. would cut it as the third option. I mean, I, I kind of like uh, Seth Curry, but he's a bit. He's a bit, uh, he needs some development, I think. But I think just prior to, you know, when Luca went down with an injury, um, he did step up there just prior to the, the pause of the season. And I think there's there's some good signs there for Seth Curry. But it needs to be more consistent. We need to see it a little bit more. And, you know, yeah. defensively, I think they're, I don't know, they leak points. They leak points quite, quite, um, Quite noticeably, and I just I just don't see that um, they they really do need you know that that third fourth option to be solid options um, in terms of moving forward. Yeah, it's up to um, it, it's up to Cuban like wh- where he wants to go. Like if he wants to make um, Steph Curry the the main man, they have to give him time. They have to give him minutes and develop yeah. him. Yeah, and then with Pazingas, I think if he wants max money then he has to be an all-star. And if he's not, he has to be held accountable. Um, and then if, if they have an option to trade him for someone that's more liable, then, then that's something that um, Mark Cuban, I guess, and the Dallas um, uh, front office need to work out. They need to work out where, where the future is, um, who they're going to invest in, and push forward with that. In terms of a first-round playoff, mate, with the Clips, I think Porzingis definitely has the advantage there. I mean... There's no notable big man centers in the Clippers. You got Zubac, um, but I mean, I think Porzingis can run rings around him if he's healthy, and he's definitely got a height advantage over Harrell. So, I mean, in terms of a focus point, I mean, that's that's something to exploit. But all around, though, the Clippers look tough, and um, you know, trend transitioning into um, the postseason teams look different to the regular season. They start putting on, you know, their their game faces on death lineups like GSW has in the past few years. It's a different ball game. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and but the the, the point of Porzingis like dominating his matchup, he he doesn't really use his height in terms of post up. The, the post up is dead now in the NBA. Yeah. Like he's just a rim yeah. runner, rim runner, and they they don't play the play the post at all. Like I I remember Rick uh, Rick Allard came out said that um, Porzingis is doing his job. Like there was criticisms for him not posting up, using sight um, by I think Charles Barkley or one of the guys on TNT. But uh, the the coach came back and said defended him like because we don't play through the post. He shoots threes and he has a rim runner and, that, and that's his game. Does he make any of your front court teams for all NBA this so far this season? No. Both of you? No. Nah, that's a no. No. So who, who was that? Porzingis. Hell no. Oh no, no, not for me. No, right. no. I think uh, who, this who, is a recovery year for him. Who you got in your front court? How? Okay. Uh, the next one, I don't think is. Such a surprising pick. Um, a player that's true to my heart, uh, the Brow Anthony Davis. Um, since coming to LA, 
um, to my much love Lakers. Completely different team. Um, a lot of, I guess, pundits criticised the front office of the Lakers, saying they gave up too much. Um, the last five years had been building up for a, a young core, but I think looking, I guess, just at the wins and the makeup and the chemistry alone, it was absolutely the right move. And I think it's one of those rare scenarios when actually both teams benefit and come out on top. I think very rarely in the landscape of the NBA do you get to say that it was an equal trade. I know a lot of GMs like to fleece each other. Um, yeah. AKA Danny Ainge, never pick up his phone call. Um, <laughs> but I think it's one of those cases just where if we look at a, if we look at our New Orleans, I should rather say, they are playing so well. Ingram's having arguably a career year, um, made his all-star debut. Lonzo Ball was playing without the spotlights and the bright lights of LA, and he's just got a simple game plan of when Zion's, when Zion's playing, throw it as high as you can and Zion will get it. So I think that's one of the, the rare cases where it works out. But nonetheless, speaking of AD, um, if we compare his numbers from this year compared to last year when he was in the Pelicans, pretty identical numbers. Um, I think a lot of people might argue that last year there were empty numbers in a team with no real uh, playoff contention. Yeah. But I think once you're posting up averages of 26 points, uh, 10 rebounds a game and two and a half locks on a championship caliber team and maintaining that through the, the whole season, that's, that's something to hold up your head against, especially when you're playing with LeBron. I know he makes everything a lot easier for poor people, but I think when you play with someone as dominant as LeBron, I think it's easy to get caught up and just play passive. But um, hats off to Anthony Davis. And I think one thing we also need to talk about is his defense. I think he is the true anchor, maybe the favorite, in my view, of the defensive player of the year. Truly a center who can guard positions one to five. I know uh, Gobert might have something to say about that. And I think maybe Gobert might feel slighted that he is an anchor, but I think once you compare Gobert and Anthony Davis on the perimeter, on a switch, I know I'd rather have Anthony Davis guarding my Steph oh, Curry's versus Gobert. So I think to be considered a tranker in defense, you need to be able to cover one to five. And that's no slight against Rudy Gobert. It's just, it's just the makeup that Gobert has. He's just not as laterally quick as Anthony Davis. Well, Davis has stayed on the court this year, which has been good. 55 games out of 63. Um, yep. That's definitely helped. Um, same with LeBron, when you think about it. He's, um, LeBron's been on the floor um, uh, and hasn't missed you know, a lot of games. He's, he's played 60 out of 63 games. So in terms of their, you know, keeping that consistency in the lineup, I think that's why the Lakers are first in the West, 49 and 19, uh, oh, sorry, 49 and 14 record. Uh, doing well there. T predicted the Lakers to to take out the championship in in last week's pod. Uh, he he stuck by that prediction that they'd win the championship. And knowing uh, that you're a Lakers fan, pal, I think that you you're smiling ear to ear about that Man, prediction. That's, uh, that's music to my ears. You know, we've got one other smart person in this podcast, so uh, <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, uh, you should be on this podcast anymore, pal. Uh, maybe I do executive orders there and uh, not have you on anymore. But uh, they are doing well, and that's that's uh, undisputed. You know, first in the Wild West, as you said earlier, they're doing well. 
Now tell me, does LeBron make your All NBA first team as a front court position? Absolutely, he's actually my MVP for this year. Bit of wow. confirmation bias, but I think LeBron again, another man with a with a chip on the shoulder. Pundits called him the Washed King. A lot of people thought he was done, but you look at this year. He's just—I think we've just run out of superlatives for LeBron. He's leading the league in assists at, assists at 34, 35 years old. Everyone says Father Time's undefeated, but he is putting it up an absolutely great fight. Like you said, Dex, oh, Dex Swiss, um, he is leading the Lakers in the Wild Wild West. No easy feat in itself. Nice. And prior to the COVID-19 shutting down, he was putting his MVP case out and for everyone to see. I mean, the last three wins were against championship caliber teams. But these were no, no easy wins. They were against Philly the Bucks and the Clippers and LeBron just went in, made a statement, said, Take my throne don't take my throne. I am the rightful king. Don't forget about me. And he is just he's just, I think, showing that age is just a number at this point. So you got him in your first game? Yeah, definitely. Uh both picks, both LA uh forwards, definitely in my pick. And Powell's pretty much uh, express the same things I've I've expressing on this podcast with the Lakers. He's found yeah, uh, look, the fountain uh, of youth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look, uh, both the Lakers men are on my first team as well. Um, same with Luca. Um, the other front court spot. Who do you got, pal? Um, I think it's it has to go to the rightful. I mean, the reigning MVP. Maybe not the rightful. Um, the great freak. I mean, it, it's hard to look past him. And I think the biggest thing for me that I've seen this year, again, his numbers are, are quite similar to last year, but when you're averaging 30 points a game, 13 rebounds, you're absolutely balling. You're an elite category. But I think the most refreshing thing for me this year is um, just his willingness to shoot threes. I think you look at someone like Ben Simmons, you know, they're almost the same height. But Ben Simmons, whether it's by design by Coach Brown of the offense, he the I think the blueprint was for him to actually take some threes and he shied away from that, Ben Simmons. But if we look at Giannis, he's taking two, three threes a game and these are rhythm three pointers and even though he's not making them, it's keeping the defense honest, making them second second guess themselves. And we've seen in a couple of games this year when when he's strung a couple of threes together. He is definitely, I feel like, a rhythm shooter, confident shooter. He is going to take it the next time. If you drop down on him, he will take it. And granted, he might not make them all, but I definitely think that's the first uh, step on the next development of this game, which is obviously the jump shot. Yeah. Look, he is uh, he is taking a lot more threes this year. It's about the five marker, and he's making about one. He's making one point five threes a game, which is a career high for him. Um, they've definitely given him the license to shoot at Milwaukee, and I think you know he'll he'll shoot through the struggles. And I think for all you know, that's only going to make him better in the long run if the coach can trust him to take the the volume shots. Because um, you know, the more you take, the more you'll make. It's just it's just numbers based on that. And um, good on him. Uh, look, I I still have him as the front runner for the MVP prize, 
um, over LeBron. And the Bucks do have the best record in the league at 53 and 12, but they are in the East. It's not the Wild West. Though, look, your, all your front court predictions, I they're mine as well for the All NBA first team. LeBron, AD, Giannis would be my front court as well. Uh, you got a differing opinion on that, T, or you concur with that as the front court? Yep, yep, I, I could, I could go with that. Um, yeah, I've been saying that Giannis is the MVP, so he needs to be in the uh, All NBA first team. Yeah. So um, the only the only one I'm I'm um, going to put in there um, that I disagree with as a first teamer is CP3 on your predictions, pal. Um, I would I would put in Harden there as well. I mean, nobody likes um, not a lot of people. The majority don't like watching uh, Harden play, but um, the numbers certainly point to MVP numbers at 34.4 points a game. He's still shooting very well at 43 and a half percent. 4.43s, uh, 86% from the line, 6.4 rebounds, 7.4 assists, and 1.7 steals. Who says he doesn't play defense? He's a, bloody, <laughs> he's a thief. He's a bloody thief. Um, look, I think those numbers, they're still gaudy numbers. Uh, call it what you will about everybody else taking a back seat on the Rockets team and letting Harden do his thing, but I still think it merits those numbers alone merit uh, All-NBA first-team selection. And if you're going to get on to me about winning percentage uh, power, the Rockets do have um, an equal record with the Thunder and are just um, underneath them at sixth in the West. So uh, I do think that in terms of we're talking about pure win percentage, um, the Rockets are there, and I think James merits not only all NBA, um, all NBA first team credentials, but a significant look in as the MVP this season. And I'm not just saying that because he is on my fantasy team and he's been carrying me all year. But I think the numbers alone merit that and the win percentage. But that's my only uh, my only qualm about your all NBA first team selections. Pal. I think uh, Shaquille O'Neal might have something to say about that Harden pick. So maybe I'll, I'll let I'll let him have a few words with you. But I think well, I'm I'm happy to converse with Shaq anytime he wants to come on the shooter's role. Would would definitely welcome him as well. Uh, in terms of those players, who 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 do you have as knocking on the door? Who, who, do you, who did you have to give serious consideration to about the first team and um, why? I, I think we can't overlook the claw, board man, fun guy, the reigning finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, he was definitely knocking on the door, but I just think with the uh, with the load management that he is participating in and not actively fighting, I think um, to merit first team All-NBA, um, You've got to put the, the time and the hard yards. And I know he's sort of rightly earned his reputation, but I think um, you can't rely on reputation alone. You have to play it out. So that's sort of my notable omission. But he was definitely knocking on the door um, for, I guess, first team or NBA, but I just couldn't fit him in with those five players. Uh, look, I mean, that's a fair call. He's, uh, he's played 51 games out of 64. 
which when you think about it, that's I, I was expecting less games that he'd play. I mean, 51 out of 64, it's not, it's not obscene. The load management, you know, hasn't been obscene. Uh, and when he's been on the court, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, so, yeah that, that, that's a good point. I mean, I think the load management will always be a hot topic for everyone. Yeah, I know yeah. the the, uh, the commission, David Stern, might have some words about that, and especially post-COVID, I guess, how the NBA landscape resumes. I, I wonder what uh, David Silver's stance will be on that. Um, Adam Silver. You're talking about... Adam Silver, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Silver, sorry. Yeah. Um, poor choice of words, but... Um, in terms of wanting to rest actively and with the amount of revenue that's been lost through the suspension, um, I, I wonder if we see a change of attitude from uh, Mr. Silver. So I wonder if he taps Kawhi on the shoulder and just asks him to play a couple more games on the uh, TNT games. T, you got a view on that? Yeah, so, so, so what I was saying was um, the, he, he's pretty much the epitome of low management. He, like he, He's been low managing the last two years. It's worked out fine for him, right? But by doing that, he's taken himself out of the running to be first, first um, or NBA team, for sure. That's fine. He, he can get a championship. He can be finals MVP, but he shouldn't be in the first team. Yeah. Look, uh, it, is, it is noticeable when you think about who the candidates we've talked about to be on the all-NBA first team. Um, they've all played significant games and even you know AD and LeBron who I didn't expect to play as many games as they would have this season have been playing more games than Kawhi so um, it is it is notable and it's when you get to the pointy end of the the elite of the NBA and trying to fit five players into an all-NBA team it's always going to be a, um, a struggle and it, there's always going to be you know there's always going to be debate rage. But from what I've gathered, the standouts, the elite, the elite people, the elite players, um, we've all noted to be on the All-NBA first team. Um, notable shout-outs, I've got a couple. Uh, T, you, you, you mentioned it, um, one candidate earlier, uh, Damien Lillard. Yep. He's been playing outstanding. I think the only, the only uh, criticism of Dame and I mean, this is not on his back alone. Is that the Portland Trailblazers are only ninth in the West? I did not see that start of the season that they would be struggling to even, you know, catch the Grizz, who are three and a half games ahead of them, um, for the last playoff spot. And that's been surprising, even though um, Lillard's numbers have been so outstanding this season. He's shooting. Um, you know, getting his 28.9 points a game, he's shooting a career high at 45.7% uh, from the field. And the other career high I noted, 7.8 assists a game. And that's, that's something else. Um, you know, as long as well as his clutch credentials, he's, he's, a, he's been a phenomenal player. And I, I'd, I'd give him a shout out to be knocking on the door for that first team to see. Uh, any other any other notable people that uh, any other notable players you guys got? As in as in locking on the door? Not not really. Yeah. Not really. Like the, I think with the the people we've uh, spoke about, I guess in, in my opinion is the the ones that are 
closest to beyond the NBA World First Team. There's a massive gap for me between all these players we mentioned and 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 the second team for sure. Yeah. Pal, yeah. what do you think, Pal? Um, yeah, I think we we Cubs and uh, the only one I can maybe just think off the shelf, and I wouldn't even say would be a loud bang on the door, maybe more of a, a little whimper on the door would be uh, the process, Joe Embiid. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's always in contention and I think he's really putting an effort to dispel the the um, reputation he has of being sort of a uh, very, I guess, almost like a biscuit of a player, often injured. So I think he's doing his best to sort of maintain his durability and just make sure he's getting, I guess, as many games as he can across. Yeah, yeah. i got one more to throw out, and uh, it's also a bit of a, a little light pat of the door. Trey Young, the Iceman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, numbers-wise, beautiful numbers, gaudy numbers. Uh, yeah. it, his game's a thing to behold as Steph Curry 2.0, but uh, with the Hawks record, I don't know if uh, there's much credential into calling yeah. him on to the first team. I actually had him, I guess, on par with CP3 as my pick that would uh, make, I guess, a couple of heads turn, but I just couldn't go by CP3's overall win count. So that's sort yeah. of what, what's given him the nod. Yeah. Well, fantastic discussion, guys. Uh, it's been good to have you on the show, pal. And uh, look, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, the season will continue and we will get a end results with the winners. Now, to our listeners out there, we'd love to hear your thoughts and who you would pick on your first team. Any any disagreements you have of our suggestions to make the first team, drop us a line on our email account. Follow us on the social media pages on Insta and Facebook and look forward to hearing um, more of our episodes on the podcast through Apple and also on Spotify and viewing us on YouTube. Um, Until next time, guys, take care of yourselves. Be well during these challenging times and uh, hopefully we'll have some more live basketball to discuss shortly in the future. Until then, it's been good seeing you. Say, fellas, long live the Lakers.